Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Welcome to Tuesday Techers. I know it's a cliche name. Uh, Investories podcast is all about adding value, all about adding those digestible bits of content and information. And we're super excited to bring you part two of this interview. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please reach out to us anytime you have any questions or just want to connect or say hi or say we're doing really well or hey, you could even say we're not doing well, but please don't do that. Uh, Investories podcast at gmail.com and investories pod on your socials and we look forward to hearing from you and uh without further ado here's part two so uh, the first question i have is how do you so you've done a few wholesale deals how do you find sellers Mm -hmm. and do you how do you sell wholesaling if you do sell wholesaling to them yeah so now i picture you know wholesaling is just one exit strategy So, you know, as you're building your real estate company, you're going to always want to do lead generation. And that's essentially what wholesaling is, is you're generating leads that you're not going to keep yourself, but you're going to sell to an end buyer. So for us, I tried the cold calling um, uh, because I was doing it myself. I, I tried cold calling for a little bit, didn't really like that. So I switched over to the texting. And so um, we got a lot of traction with the texting. So that's kind of one avenue that we've stuck to. And basically what you do is you go on to one of the software companies like Property Radar, PropStream, Batch Leads. And basically what they do is they aggregate um, all the county records of property owners. And then you can go in and you can filter it by properties that may be vacant, people that have a property that they don't currently live in, which is called an absentee owner, people in pre-foreclosure. And so you pull that list and it could be anywhere from, you know, 10 people if you're gonna really niche it down to 10,000 and you send out um, texts. Right now we're sending out anywhere between 500 to 1,000 texts a day. And then as people respond to, have you thought about selling your house? Then you jump on the phone with them and have that conversation and see if you can help them out of the situation that they're in amazing what what does is there a typical cost to that is it per list Mm -hmm. per record yeah yeah so you're going to pay for your list um which can be depending on uh the software that you use let's let's say it's prop stream for example you can buy a um a membership where you can download about ten thousand records a month and then the more you pay you can download twenty thousand a month or you can go up to like two hundred fifty thousand a month so you'll pull a list of 10,000. Um, so that's like a hundred bucks a month. And then you got to skip trace it. And what that is, is that's your finding the number associated with the address. So it'll be one, two, three main street. It'll give you the address, um, you know, John Smith. And then we have to skip trace it to find his number. And so you'll have to pay for that. And then that's a whole, that's a whole um, rabbit hole in itself because a lot of people have like really cheap price per per a prospect you know like three cents but then the date is not as good so then you're, mm-hmm. you're making you know you're kind of just like going up a wall or you can pay a lot and get better data so it just kind of depends um what your budget is but that can be anywhere between like three hundred dollars to you know like a couple thousand dollars so once you have that you add that into your texting uh platform and then you just kind of send out like a template text and uh reach out to people 
Wow, that's that's pretty cool. And then in terms of um, kind of communicating with them, what what does that typically look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of have evolved that um, uh, along the way. So I used to just say, hey, this is Alex. Uh, first, I would start off with like, is this the owner of 123 Main Street? And then they would be like, yeah. And then I would say, you know, would you consider an offer? Um, so in the beginning, I noticed that that was kind of beating around the bush and I would just be answering a lot of texts and one um, uh, sort of seeing if that was the owner of the, of the place and then two, um, seeing if they would consider an offer. You know, a lot of people would consider an offer if it was two times the Zillow price. So now I just kind of come out and say, hey, this is Alex. I'm interested in 123 Main Street. Have you thought about selling? And so I try to get right to the point where they know I'm looking to purchase the property. And in terms, of, so we, we mentioned briefly earlier, in terms of the seller financing piece, is that when you broached that subject as well? Or is that slightly jumping the gun on? on yeah, so, yeah, so our process, and I've seen this work a lot, um, is we'll always push for the cash price. So we wanna just push the cash price because that's the easiest kind of for people to understand. And then depending on their mm-hmm. situation, that may just be for a way for them to get out of the property, especially if it's a headache property, maybe the tenant's not paying, what have you. If for whatever reason they're really stuck on a price and you know that you can't make that work with cash, then I'll bring up, hey, we buy properties a couple different ways. One is the cash offer. For that, we're gonna obviously have to be at a discount because what I'm gonna do is come in, make the improvements, and then resell it. So I'm gonna need a little bit of wiggle room there. You're asking for something that's a little bit higher than that. So what I can do is if I could come up to your price, would you be open to selling on terms? And they're gonna say like, well, what is terms? What does that mean? And then you say, well, basically I can come up to your price if you allow me to pay you out over five, seven, 10 years. So that's kind of the basic pitch. And then that (laughs) will go into kind of explaining to them the benefits of seller financing and one list that we really love where people are mostly open to it is the absentee owner where they have Mm -hmm. a property they're not currently living in they're used to getting that monthly cash flow and so it's really easy for them to pivot into oh i don't have to deal with this tenant anymore i don't have to deal with the maintenance but i get the monthly cash flow yeah let's let, let me hear about that and so we've been able to sort of um double our contracts and our closed deals by introducing the seller finance, the creative finance side of things. So now I'm going to be difficult, pivot back to the wholesaling process. Yeah. Um, in terms of finding that end buyer, mm-hmm. what does that process look like? Is it having a Rolodex or, or social media presence to, to find them or all of the above? Yeah. Yeah. Th- those work. And honestly, um, I've, We've, we've recently been uh, dispoing, that's what it's, what it's called, disposition, selling our own deals. Before, I was just JVing with people. So I was doing a lot of stuff out in Florida, and I'm out here in California because I don't have boots on the ground. What I would end up doing is I kind of formed a partnership with people out there. So I would be doing the acquisitions. I'd be locking up the deals, and then I would give it to them where they have the list of local buyers they're able to go out to the property, take the pictures, walk with the prospective buyers, and then take it through the closing. So I've been JVing a lot with people who focus on dispo, and I would actually encourage a lot of people to do that because both sides, it's like 
it's really tough to do as a one-man band. Um, so you're going to be focusing on locking up the deal, and then now you have to sell it. Now you're not really bringing in more leads and closing more deals because now you have to focus on selling it. So I would encourage everybody to sort of JV in the beginning. And then now that we've got a regular pipeline and some people in place that can keep the acquisition sides going, we're focusing on dispoing. And we've found that just reaching out on Facebook groups, um, making posts in some of the bigger groups, um, if it's a good deal, you'll have no problem finding buyers. Yeah, and I've heard that again and again. Um, from there's, there's kind of when you're starting out in real estate, and that's certainly where I am, is you you feel like a little bit sticky from wholesaling because they're making a wedge on mm -hmm. a deal, but that deal yeah. didn't exist right before a wholesaler looked at it or touched it right. So the 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 payday for you is all that work to get you to to get that property to a buyable. Um, state so i i totally get that it's it's kind yeah, of interesting. exactly yeah and and i think a lot of people they the problem with the the wholesaling and why a lot of people look down on it is because there's no barrier to entry it, it doesn't you know anybody can like look people up there's even free ways to look up um people's properties and wh what's happening mm -hmm. is uh, people aren't taking the time to learn how to analyze a deal properly to think about you got to think on both sides, you have a, a seller, you need to solve their problem. It's, it's yes, it's the price, but it's also, it could be a number of things to get them out of that situation. But you also have to think about the end buyer, the flipper, he's got, he or she has to make some money on this deal. And so what's happening is a lot of wholesalers are locking it up way too high and then they're trying to sell it to an end buyer and they're expecting the flipper to do all the work you know, take it down to the studs, do a full rehab and then make, you know, $10,000 because they want to make $50,000. And I think mm -hmm. that that just comes from, you know, sort of these, the YouTube videos where, where people show that they have like making 50,000 or $100,000 on a deal, you know, be, be fine with making like five or 10 on a deal and let the end flipper make that profit margin. You yeah. Know. And I guess that's going to build those relationships as well. right? Yeah, totally. Because then you won't, yeah, you won't have a problem selling it. You know, the only time we've had a problem selling a property is because maybe we comped it wrong and then you kind of go back and you're like, oh yeah, you know what? Like after it's all said and done, after they do those months and months and months of work, they're not going to make that much or it's just too much of a risk. And it's really opened my eyes now having done a flip myself, what it takes and the amount of risk you're putting yourself into. So now it's like, I'm even better at analyzing the deal and making sure that I have a really fat profit margin in there for the end buyer, if I'm going to wholesale it. <laughs> Getting the eraser <laughs> out and checking the numbers. Yeah. What, so what did that first flip look like? Yeah. So the, can you run us through the numbers and then yeah. how, how you procured it, that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was just doing all the wholesaling and then finally I found um, a really killer deal. It was out in Hemet, California, out here, which is a little it's inland. Um, they have a ton of mobile homes. And so I, from working in Florida, I had seen that, you know, we were making some pretty good profits wholesaling on mobile homes. So I was like, hmm, let me check that out. Let me pull a list out here. And so I, I locked one up. It was a guy, it was like the perfect situation of a motivated seller. The guy has, he inherited a property he had been paying the HOA and all the fees on it. Um, and it was kind of like eating into his bottom line. Um, it was sitting there vacant. It had been broken into a bunch of times and he, it was Christmas was coming up and he's like, Hey, if you can give me like $80,000 for this mobile home, 
um, I'll sell it to you right now. And so I kind of ran the numbers and I was like, huh, okay. The ARV was around like 160 at the time. And so I was like, okay, yeah, this seems like a pretty good deal. So I took it to uh, my mentor and I was like, hey, you said if I found a really good deal, you know, you'd partner with me on a property so you can actually show me how to flip. And so he's like, I don't do mobile homes. And I was like, okay. And so I told him, I was like, well, wait a second. This mobile home is on the land that you owned. So if you don't know anything about mobile homes, there's the ones where you lease the land. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically like buying a car or an RV. But there's the other type where you are on your own land and that sort of makes it like a condo because you get the land and the and the property. So I ended up going out there. He's like, all right, I'll take a look at it. It was pretty beat up. Um, the, the owner hadn't been there in you know over a year. And so I negotiated it back down to around 60 grand because we figured we'd have to put like 50 into it. And so um, started work on that. And it was, you know, pretty, pretty scary at first. We didn't know what we were doing. Luckily, we had our mentor who kind of just like, he didn't want to drive back out there. So he's like, I'll just tell you what to do. I'll put the, <laughs> he's like, I'll put the money in. You guys do the work. And we we're like, that's fine. So um, we kind of teamed up that way. And then I found a really good contractor handyman out there. Um, he'd been working on mobile homes in that park in particular. So he knew everything about mobile homes. And so we got really lucky finding him. He was just like on the ball, showed up when he said he was going to show up, would, would work extra days. If he was a little bit behind, he was like the perfect contractor. And so, um, we ended up putting about 40 grand into that one. So we were all in around, you know, let's say like one Oh five. And by then, by the time we finished, the market was going so crazy that the ARV ended up being like above 200. So we sold it for 220. So we made like 100K on wow. a mobile home. Amazing. Yeah. And, and what time period was that? That was at, it was uh, January 2021. Was that 2022? Yeah, 2022. Yeah, it was at the very end of 2022. <laughs> no conferring. <laughs> yeah, it was 2022. Um, so I think we ended up selling it like around like April or something. It was just like right when like things were just like peaking. Amazing. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Um, so That's kind of the dream, right? That's the dream first deal. Exactly, exactly. But the only problem is now I'm thinking I'm a genius flipper. Um, <laughs> and so we go to get our next few properties. And then now that takes us into the end of the year and things start like teetering off. And so now like things are sitting for a while. And then now I'm like sweating and like, oh, okay. Yeah, now I see um you know, it, it, it takes, it takes, it's like a little bit harder than I thought it was. There's that old adage, right? Everyone's a genius when the market's going up. I exactly. certainly felt like that over the stock market over the last three years. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, this is great. Yeah. This is easy. yeah. I don't know why they think it's so hard. <laughs> and then we ended up having to, we, we did a flip out in Joshua tree where we had to bring out a different contractor. And then that's when we had mm -hmm. all the nightmare um, contractor scenarios that people talk about. So, <laughs> Oh, let's talk about that. What yeah. was, what, so what was the property? Was it a house out there or another? Yeah, no, it was a house out there. Um, you know, Joshua tree was like, I'd say it's like a bubble within a bubble. So mm -hmm. everyone was kind of going out there. It's like, it's crazy. Like short-term rentals, everyone's buying everything, which was true. Um, and then because of this contractor, it ended up taking way too long. And it was like, we by the time we finished, it was the beginning of this year and like everything was just stagnant. So um, 
So it, it was just from us having such a great experience with our first contractor, I didn't vet this guy enough. I was just assuming everyone was on the up and up. Everything was good. Yes, these people, just, they just want to do great work. Um, and so there was just a few things. He was working on two projects at, at a time, but he was like, you know what, I'll, I'll, you know, I can fit you guys in. That's no problem. Um, the second thing was we weren't going out there because it's like we're in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Hemet's like about an, yeah, Hemet's an hour away. Joshua Tree's like two hours away. So what we would do is we had multiple projects going on. So we would go out to Hemet, spend most of our time there, and then we would just kind of stop in at Joshua Tree. Like it's, it's already dark. It's kind of last minute. We would just do a quick walkthrough. And um, it's just, I think a lot of it was just me and uh, our naivete about the, the whole process and then really knowing what to look for. Mm-hmm. So we had to take it down to the studs. And so we're running like new AC ducting and gas lines and all that stuff. And I just, I didn't know enough at the time. Now I do because of this project, but um, he was just like, he had, it was like really shoddy work. So we ended up almost having to flip this property twice because as he was wrapping up, wrapping up, um, we had our other contractors from Hemet come out and they were like, oh my gosh, this whole thing is like, this is wrong. <laughs> this is done all Yikes. wrong. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so he's like pointing it all out to me. And so we basically had to have that, that original team come out, took those guys off and then have them like refinish it. So it was, it I was, was going to say it's, it's tough because we, we have a place up in big bear. Um, that's our short-term rental same thing right a bit of a bubble market not quite as crazy as joshua tree um but because of that there's so much need for uh contractors mm-hmm. that they just couldn't cope with demand um yeah. so even if they're taking on a couple of jobs there's just so much kind of um was, there's only so much they can do in a in a day right and trying to exactly. juggle projects becomes oh difficult. yeah and, but equally mm-hmm. they don't want to say no <laughs> They don't want to say no. Plus, I'm sure it's the same thing. Like Joshua Tree has desert time. Um, I'm sure Big Bear has mountain time where it's like, it's almost Definitely. like island time where like, there's no urgency whatsoever. Yeah. And you're like looking at the, you're like, wait, four months have already gone by. And we're like barely <laughs> at a point where um, this makes sense. So, yeah. But I needed that for sure to, to bring me into this new year. So now it's like my whole theme is just like vetting people. Um, you know, making sure that like their, their work is, is quality and, and all that stuff. So did you flip that one? What was the exit strategy? Yeah. Yeah. We flipped it. Um, we, we re- just sold it. So it had been sitting on the market for like a hundred and something days. So basically wow. the bubble popped in Joshua tree. I had a couple friends too, same sort of thing. And they were like really experienced flippers, but they had bought a couple properties out there and they turned out beautiful. It's just, it was just sitting, 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 sitting. And then uh, it, for some reason, I think it's because it's so far out and it's away mm-hmm. from the Metro. It like has its own scene. And so the, the prices have just really come down. We, we were looking at, I've been tracking Joshua tree for a while because, um, for that reason, we were looking for our next, um, short-term rental and thinking yeah. about Joshua tree mm-hmm. and the, yeah, the, the trend down has been like, wow, this is crazy. Things it's sat nuts. there that were super ignited and now it's, it's slowing down a little bit. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I've got a vision of what I want in Joshua tree. Okay. I, I, 
I need to figure out what that is. Um, okay, and how nice. To get it, but yeah, and now I'm like exactly, and like I do because we've really like focused on there and tried to like crack that nut um, outside of the hype. There are people out there killing it. It just takes like a certain type of property, especially now. It's not just mm -hmm. you're going to have, you know, put your room up there and be killing it, which a lot of people were doing. They just had a regular house and they just threw it up there. And because the hype was so crazy, they were they were killing it. But now I'm actually getting a lot of sellers um, uh, reaching out saying, you know, we bought a property in 2021. We put like one hundred and yeah. fifty thousand into it. It's not performing like we thought. And so um, they're open to sort of a sub two seller finance deal. So just to try and get their money out. And I'm just like, telling them, yeah, I'm saying this is pretty much the only way you're going to be able to get your your cash on cash return into where all your invest, you know, it'll make sense on paper. It'll just take a little while to get it to get it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Investories podcast. And uh, as you can imagine, we're super stoked with that content, amazing strategies, amazing techniques um, that we've really been able to dig into. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing kind of the next phase of that, which is really all about uh, the case study kind of real world examples and how you can do the same. We're going to call it Wednesday Wins and we're going to tackle that on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.